Hello, Hivians. Welcome to the third channel. Welcome back to what we're here in the shadows. This is our second pilot. So we've done two out of four. Two out of four. Today's pilot is for throwback. Now, uh, whilst I wake up my phone, because I'm going to listen to it. Now, throwback is the concept is each week, because obviously we know that Dan has suddenly stepped down, but each week I'll have a new guest on uh, beforehand. They will had they will been given the decade and genre of what they need to watch, whether it's like family, whether it's not just for grown ups, whether it's children's shows of a certain decade. Now I also have this so that we have a conversation for him. Neither neither me or the guest know what's on our list. We might have the same thing, we might not. Now, because we because with my TV knowledge, I want to in, invite people to come and watch these programs as well or tell you where you can um where they're available or where they have been available or where you can track down the x available place because i've thrown down some x available places we don't know how many programs we've each watched so he, my guest might watch more than me or i might have watched might not put some on the list because i thought they would have watched it and then wanted to talk about it i can do that so Let's waste no time and start throwback. Woo! My guest. He's best known. See? See, I, you have to get guests that are best known for stuff. Because then, then you bring the knowledge. Mm. It, my guest is best known as the host of Don't Slam a 2.4 Children podcast. And uh, my co-host and Tom's Normal Jockeys. It's the wonderful John D. Collins. Thank you. Hello, Tom. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to this throwback. I'm also looking forward. Now, I think it'd be fair, fair, fair on your part, if you start with what's the first thing you've watched? Very first thing I watched was The Tomorrow People. And it is available on DVD, Britbox, and on YouTube as well. And it was an interesting series. It was a children's science fiction series that ran on ITV from 1973 to 1978. It's basically about a group of people who were essentially born in the future, but have been taken, sent to the past, I think. It's very bizarre. Um, it was... I mean, it, bear in mind, this is the 70s, and I do like to give it a leeway when it comes to production and the kind of style. The acting's obviously a bit different for TV and film of that era. And as a fan of classic Doctor Who of the same era, yeah. which I think holds up relatively well, you know, people take the, the, the special effects that the production and the acting is still good. I mean, it was only one episode I watched of it, the very first, and I mean, it was it was really difficult to watch, to be honest. And that sounds really bad because it's a cult show, and and people have a lot of love for it. But I think for me, I just couldn't quite get past the acting. The the, the effects didn't bother me, you yeah. know. Um, it was you get you kind of know what to expect. The set of the yeah. sort of interior, it's almost like um their base for the Tomorrow People was quite cool. That, but a lot of the the episode was set in a school, which I don't know. It just looked. It's funny because the actual filming of the scenes in the interior of the Tamara people's base was quite cool, um, and reminded me a bit of Blake Seven and Survivors, which I've, I've also seen. I think that was Terry Nation, but I just I just found it very cheaply. Well, TV made, I mean, it's of the time, but bear in mind, I think because it's children's TV, I don't know if they, their budget was different or they had to use different cameras, but it was not as slick as I thought other science fictions at the time would be, like Blake Seven Survivors and Plastic yeah. Who. Yeah. Um, but it has a massive following, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I have just noticed that I forgot to mention as, as a pointer in the beginning, we are talking about 70s children's British programmes. I forgot to mention that. And and I also now know that our lists are uh, very different, uh, which might be interesting, might not be, which makes my um I I actually really like Tomorrow's People. It's really good. I have it in DVD now for fans like 
there is a lot of fans out there because it's available. Uh, brand new versions are on Brit on um, Big Finish, so they're yes. all audio dramas. Yeah, yeah. And you just I, took I, one of my facts. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get on to, on to your facts. So first, the fact of others one is that they did do a continuation for Big Finish in the late 90s with some of the original actors who came back. And a lot of the original actors are actually retired from acting now. And, and most because most of them were kid actors and most children actors don't tend to go into the industry as adults. But some of them did go back to the, the audio continuation. The music, bear in mind, I was saying before about other sci-fi shows, a lot of the music was composed by Dudley Simpson, who composed for Doctor Who and Blake Seven. And the the re and the third fact I felt is um, how I found out about the Tomorrow People was in 2013 the American network the CW actually did a, a reboot remake of it an American version of it that starred Robbie Amell or David Amell the one the, the, the not the not the Arrow guy the other Amell actor was he the uh, Smallville Arrow actor Sim yeah he also he played Agent Miller in the X Files revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know um, what you're on about. Yeah. You can use Google, uh, and and then it was cancelled after one season. Well, um, I we, similar to that. The I think the the do you know it's called the Prisoner. That's it. So you know the Prisoner, right? Oh, yeah, so the Prisoner had had been referenced in two point four children. So for anyone that doesn't understand, anyway. So so the uh, Prisoner was a British program, and then they did an American remake which was rather successful. And then in 2013, they did a, an American reboot of their American version of the miniseries for the CW as well. And that got cancelled after one series because it was meant to be a one series. Yes. Yeah. CW has a are quite fond of rebooting because they did uh, 90210 and other things as well. So I think they're either original or just recycling old ideas. Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't like the. I've never actually seen any clips of the American version. Uh, I don't know if they're knocking about online. I remember the advert for it on E4 because it was on E4 in twenty at twenty thirteen fourteen. I was still living at home, so I remember the E4 adverts were on. And I just remember googling it and realizing it was a um, a British series from the seventies, and it was the basis was used for the American version. I'm surprised he four picked up when it was an ITV series. The American version, though, but so I think the although it was the 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 American the Tomorrow People was ITV. I think it was because it was made American. I don't know how rights were, but yeah, he four picked uh, it up because they did yeah. the what they used to show the one hundred as well. So that was probably of their. I think it was on the same night as the one hundred. Yeah, it's probably that because um, Master Chef, Master Chef used to be on. Well, it's still on W, uh, yes. the Australian version, but then the BBC. Had a little crack at airing it on BBC Three. Did I remember that? Uh, and and obviously, um, since I sat when I first watched uh the MasterChef Australia, I now hate the UK version because I've seen the Singapore version of MasterChef as well. It's on their Amazon Prime. Uh, yes. don't, don't ask me why. It just is. But yeah, so I think I think I think that's that's interesting. That now we will um. Move, move. Now, I'll tell you my thoughts on the Tomorrow People briefly, then we'll move on, because I got very much sidetracked very much quickly. It was, it's what will happen. It's a pilot actually one one Um, So I quite liked it. It works, it works really well as a concept. And now, if the fan base is big enough, they might do what they do with Doctor Who. I'd, if you watch, if you're listening to this on Apple, sorry. Uh, right, so you can probably see uh, next to the frame there's a box set uh, this is just testing your knowledge of Doctor Who but they do the collective box sets right for each series each of the classic Who and then the interviews it's like oh the best thing you've ever seen and they update the, the graphics so special effects they update them and you can either watch the original version with the original special effects or you can watch the new version with the new special effects that they've added on and that's like made sure that the laser looks a little bit more real, that type of thing. Star Wars uh, Special Edition. Yeah. Um, we won't get into that kettle of fish. Uh, <laughs> but we don't want to upset them. There's too many of them. Uh, but I think Tomorrow People could do that because it's the fan base is still popular enough because of Big Finish requiring the rights and enough people, and he's on BritBox and all sorts, enough people will see that. And I, th I think it's a brilliant programme and it wouldn't work well now as a reboot because we've got too many 
time travel programs. I, I think looking back, it was definitely I could see when you, the landscape of um, of sci-fi shows at the time, it, I could see why it stood out, especially as a kids show. You know, kids shows are always, I think, a lot more simple, certainly the ones I grew up with. And what I've observed now are on quite um, simplistic, but this was clearly more complex. It was, you know, very interesting. And and um, as I say, I always try and give a bit of leeway to the special effects and the budget at the time, but just couldn't quite with this one. Maybe because what I, I watched on YouTube and the quality was a bit bit poor. Maybe if I saw it on the DVD or BritBox, it would be a little bit better. Yeah. Now, um, to, get, to give viewers an idea of... Um... Of, of how qualified we are in talking about this. Um, what name two programs were that were on TV when you were uh the, the age that you were supposed to be watching children's TV? When I was growing up, um, there was Tracy Beaker, mm. and I think the Queen's Nose was another one. There we go. Now, um. Mm. Tracy Beaker is the one that will, will, will um, I, I don't know if that's the right action, will uh, go through all the generations because obviously they, they rerun it to, to hearing how water and Tracy Beaker returned and now the bumping ground and it's, and then and then all the Tracy Beaker adjacent stuff with her and a child and, and the fact that they released the music years later. Um, uh, to, 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 I'll name a few so we've got i'll name two we've got um roy which is uh about uh which is really funny because there's a, a woman a welsh woman and her husband she's got this daughter um and then she's the first woman in the world to give birth to a cartoon boy i've never heard of that at all that sounds now, quite fun <laughs> now it it was really good but when you try and explain it to someone you sort of have to tell him to go with it because it makes yeah. no sense. And it is on YouTube, so you can watch it. I'll name another, which is uh, the one that really sticks out to me. I'll name three, actually, because I'm going to get this name wrong. It's called The Mission 2150. And it's about these kids have been, have been told to save the future with a game show. And it starred Stuart Goldsmith who is a comedian and podcaster, wow. who I didn't realise he hosted until I see his face. It's the best thing ever. And the final one I'll mention is Me and My Monsters. Mm. Yeah. Now, Me and My Monsters was Jim Henson adjacent, so it's not technically Jim Henson, it's adjacent. And if you watch the Dark Crystal Edge Resistance Netflix show, if you watch the yes. behind-the-scenes programme, you, you can see the red monster in the background. Oh, right, OK. Interesting. Because they were talk, they they were in the uh, studio, uh, in, in a studio space where they have all the props, and he was just in the background. So the first thing on my list, now that you've worked out where we're at, where how qualified we are at, at this, um, I'm probably a little bit odd. So let's write my first one. I don't have the years because I I didn't I didn't go that far, but I have. Are we ready for this? I have jigsaw. That is available on YouTube. Now, Jigsaw isn't a drama or a action. Well, there is actors in it. It's a live action program for, and so it's how do I explain it? So it's a mixture of miming of mime of the art of mime and your regular presenter. So it's this Jigsaw is a massive Jigsaw with a face on it that uh, is helping you to solve a word. So it's a word adjacent program. So you so you have to send in a letter giving the answer to what the, the jigsaw is. And you've got the mime artists miming along several things. So he could be chucking things and you hear a sound effect of him chucking something and almost knocking out the presenter. Um, she she had the most dangerous job of being hit by imaginary objects that have real sounds, so uh, I quite liked it. I've seen it many times before, and it's and it's it's got the the studio is similar to other things that we'll mention later down in my in my list. I don't want to spoil them now. But my facts for Jigsaw is that the show was aimed 
the age is four to seven, but obviously parents watch with kids, so you can give or take a few years on that. Uh, Janet Ellis, I don't know if you know who she is, she left the programme in 1983 to join Boy Peter. She's Sophia Baxter's mum. Yes, and she was also on the Goggle Box, uh, the last series yes. of Ed. Uh, Jigsaw is the only programme, this, this is like the worst fact I've ever pulled out of anything, Jigsaw is the only programme to have a Jigsaw as the main theme. That is uh, my my three facts. Let, let's work out which fact is the worst one, number three. Now, have you, well, what's your thoughts, if you have any thoughts on Jigsaw? I've never heard of it at all. Um, I, I think 70s shows in general were, well, actually, I'd say 60s and 70s were very innovative yeah. for kids' telly and, and TV in general, I think. There's an era of time where I think what was it called? Um, there was an there was a phrase used in the sixties to describe a certain kind of surrealism that I think became a post-war trend. Oh yeah, which I think things like The Prisoner and The Avengers yeah. were examples. I think t- kids' TV was interesting. Like you had things like um, I know this was the sixties, but The Magic Roundabout. Well, that was also the seventies as well. It, yeah, it went into the seventies, didn't it? That was French. That was. Yeah. Um, it was made by um, these French people, and because it was nonsense and made no sense, when we, we when the UK dubbed it, it was a lot. Easier. This is the only this is the only program where you could dub it and make your own storyline and your own episodes because it didn't make sense, but it worked yes. really well. And then they did a reboot. Uh, they did a reboot where it was CGI. The mm. UK version was well British. The the, the American version was. The film was called Doug and made mm. by Butch Hartman. But the UK version was The Magic Roundabout and the MTV show. You can watch it on YouTube where they have half the episode in English and half the episode in American. Nice. That sounds good. A good Which, way of watching it. it, very, it very jolting, but interesting. Yeah, probably very jolting. Now, because um, because uh, the, you haven't seen Jigsaw, we'll move on. Let's let's see. So the, the way this... just. Uh, give more to the format the format if we end up having the same thing on our list the way it would work is you would give your opinion i would give my opinion and you would give your facts and we'll see if we have the same facts yes. now what Sounds is second on your list second is captain pugwash <laughs> which i knew the theme tune yeah. theme tune's been done has been on adverts and all sorts over the years it's quite yeah. a popular theme tune um, so it's based upon a comic, uh, well, actually, no, I was about to go with the first um, fact, but basically, <clears throat> it's short uh, episodes, they're like only four or five minutes long, it's about a pirate ship run by Captain Pugwash and his merry men, um, they're about their, their mini adventures, you know, getting stuck at sea, sea monsters, and um, I mean, they're, they're quite fun to watch, four or five minutes, I think that's probably the right amount of time for them i mean the, the the facts i would say is that actually no, i was gonna say it's on youtube it's yeah. on youtube it's, all, so, it's also yeah. on britbox um i did uh, not know that oh check uh-huh. it's also on britbox it's on dvd and if you search far enough it'll be on vhs yeah. yes continue continue so it started off as a children's comic strip in 1950 and it actually was there was already a cartoon version in the late 50s um but then it was revived in the 70s um the other, um, the other uh, fact I found was that Nick Frost was apparently going to play Captain Pugwash in a live-action film version in 2018, but it was cancelled due to budget issues. Oh, I can see that. that I can see that. I can see. If, if, if you don't know Captain Pugwash's face, Google it, and then Google Nick Frost. And, side and, by side. <laughs> oh, that, I reckon, if he ever rebooted it, do, get Nick Frost to do the voice. I saw Nick Frost recently. Actually, I went to a convention in Sheffield, a, a horror film convention. He was a, he did a talk, and I was sat quite close to him. And um, yeah, now I look back, I think yeah, he could have been Captain Pugwash. I generally, I generally thought you were going to say I saw him in Asda. Ah, if only. If only, if only because um, there's a segment on Sunday brunch where they just bump into celebrities in supermarkets. Makes no sense. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought they would have got someone else to do their uh, shopping or get it delivery. Or go to Waitrose. I just imagine that they can afford Waitrose. Yeah. 
Right. What is uh, what is your uh, next fact? Oh, I gave the three facts. Sorry. Oh, did um, you? All right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's a. Uh, I'll just say that the rundown. It started off as a comic strip. The original series in the late fifties. They had some suggestive character names, and Nick Frost was going to play him in a live action version. Yeah. Um. See, I can do whatever I want in this file. If I want, if I want to get confused, I can. Uh, so my opinions on Captain Pugwash are that it's incredible. I, I, I don't care what these kids are watching now. Uh, with their with their things and their but uh, don't even get me started on Bluey. My, I heard that Josh Widdicombe and Adam Hills were going to start a Bluey podcast. Um, that's a cool question. And I was watching it in a lesson once. I was sat in a classroom watching Bluey. Now, I have also sat in a classroom watching Monkey, but that's an 80s programme for a different day, and no one understood because... Anyway, uh, so Captain Pugwash has an amazing theme tune, um, like a lot of programmes. Uh, new format, if you want to sing the theme tune, fill your boots. Uh, I'll be doing that a lot later. <laughs> uh, uh, so Captain Pugwash is amazing. The animation, actually, was a revolutionary of its time. It, it, I don't think there's many... Because Banana Man was in the eighties, so it's like a similar to that. But it's it's oh, I'll tell you if you've not seen it, watch it. It's incredible, and all, all you have to say is Captain Pugwash on his boat, and then you're away with it. I could I could live off that. If I, well, I couldn't actually. I could only live. I could live off Doctor Who. Uh, I don't want to upset my own fans, but if there was only one children's program I could ever watch, I'd be happy with Captain Pugwash. Do you know for viewers who might know what channel did it air on? BBC One, wasn't it? Correct. See, I just... Right, so my next thing, I don't know... If it's on your list somewhere, uh, I won't be surprised. Now, this next one, everyone should know. If you don't know this next one, I'll be really concerned. Uh, let's 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 try and sing the theme tune to begin with. Let's pick a theme tune, because it's a long-running programme. Some some hint. Pick a theme tune, let's go... Yeah, I'll stop there because it's a lot of humming. It is Blue Peter. Now, Blue Peter, for anyone that wasn't aware, Blue Peter was not dull. Not, I'm, I'm, angry with Blue Peter, really, in a sense. Now, I'll get on that in a minute. So, Blue Peter is a magazine program for children where you have presenters. Uh, it, especially in the episode I watched, being air hostess on a on a plane because that was a new thing, really. Planes travel uh, on on the commercial ones. Uh, you have Blue Peter, you have Blue Peter presenters riding bikes, being daredevils. You have them. You have uh, in the sixties. You had an elephant walking in pooing. You had a woman bathing a gorilla, a baby gorilla, might I add. Now, in an interview in the in the nineties, I think. To celebrate an anniversary of ITV 70 program Magpie, which was a version of Blue Peter, they said we were the edgier version of Blue Peter. Now, Mel Gedroch, as a child, was on Magpie with the Goodies, uh, a 70s uh, group. Having the Goodies judge a painting wall competition with children versus versus John Noakes walking near, near uh, well, being partaking a Viking reenactment on bonfire night what's more edgy watching people paint or watching someone almost die because he had to go near the massive fire because it failed to 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 light properly and so I, I disagree with that but blue peter is incredible my three facts for blue available uh, you, you blue peter uh blue peter from the 60s to uh to 2004 5 is on youtube and the modern boy Peter is on BBC iPlayer. So, let's find out what our facts are. Number one, it's the longest-running children's show around the world. It's been going for nearly 64 years. Old my mum. Peter Purvis left Doctor Who to join Blue Peter. So, it's his next thing he did. Uh, someone else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in 1971, they made a time capsule that was opened in the year 2000. I've seen um, that clip. It's very cool. Yes, and there and the famous words. I'll use this once, and I'll use this once. That's a reference to L O L O. People fly on people's head. But here's one I made earlier. I haven't actually. Uh, here's one I made earlier. Uh, 
Here's one I made earlier. Right. There you go. What is your thoughts on Blue Peter and who are your Blue Peter presenters? Okay. Don't hate me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I never liked Blue Peter, but that's probably because of the era I watched. It would have been on TV. I've recently, I follow BBC Archive on Facebook and Twitter. So they, they show clips all the time of Blue Peter. So I've seen clips of Blue Peter from the 70s. I've seen them interview ABBA. I've seen clips of the Daleks coming on. I, I, I've seen on one of my Doctor Who DVDs, the Dalek Invasion of Earth went during the 60s um, Dalek mania. They did a segment where you could make a Dalek tea, which was like a sandwich Dalek or a cake Dalek made out of Swiss roll and chocolate. And it was very cool. I mean, I, I can totally see why it had such a big impact. I think when I was younger, I... It's funny, when I watch the old Blue Peter, if I see clips of it, like Peter Purvis and, and, some, and Janet Ellis, I always find the hosts are very of their time. They're, they're well-spoken, but, but, but they taught, I don't feel like they're patronising. Yeah. When I was growing up, even from a young age, I never liked watching it because I felt I was being talked down to. But who was on when you were watching it? I don't want to say. <laughs> Well, um, um, who was it? Who was it? I can't remember their names actually. Was it Connie how... Hook by any chance? I don't remember Connie Hook very much in it. I, I, I don't know she was in it, but I don't think I remember her in the times I watched it. Well, she's married to uh, Charlie Brooker. She is indeed. And she was in. She was in an. She was in a cameo of Two Point Four Children as well. Wow. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, I believe feature presenters. Uh, I'll, I'll list. I've got a list. So Barley Howard and Helen Skelton were the, uh, yes. the main ones. I was uh, I watched it a year before, and then they moved to them. And then I watched it when Helen left. And then I watched the competition they did when Lindsay... Oh, it was a big thing between me and my one friend. Um, See, sad. We were we were obsessed. He, he had all the blue pictures, but we were obsessed with the fact that Dick and Dom were hosting a programme where you could choose who the next Blue Peter presenter was. It was a competition yeah. show, and it was the Whitley at Wyndham Down, and they did a live broadcast of, of CBC in Norfolk, and, they, and uh, Lindy was announced live on the stage in Norfolk. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know they, they used to vote, or they did that on occasion. Really cool. They only did it once, and once only. She left. I don't have the new presenters. Uh, that's because the new Blue Peter has changed completely because they're trying to battle with... I don't really like social media people on TV un un unless... Like, like if, if I was on TV, it'd be different because the way I do stuff, I, I sort of... No one really cares, so who cares? So what we'll do is, um, because because uh, I can, uh, we'll move on. To, I, I'm, what's what's uh, number three for you? Because hopefully... We've got something similar on our list because I've realised that you've gone more of a of a an actual route where we were supposed to lead down. Now I've gone more down a route of what 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 do I love? What 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 theme tunes can I sing along to? So, I'm going to admit this is my last one. To be right. honest, I, I watched three because I felt like I didn't. I, well, some of them were hard to find. I mean, I didn't. Obviously, you you had a, a good knowledge of those things. I, I couldn't find. Carried away. <laughs> it was um so this one um you i think most people will know of um it was um grange hill whoa, whoa, whoa. we've got the same thing on our list yes right fantastic. right um now 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 the challenge is to work out what our facts are now it i'll say that did you have you did you ever watch it in 2008 when it was still on no, I was banned from it, you know. My oh. brother watched it in the... My brother's eight years older than me, so oh. when he watched it in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was still... still not. I wouldn't say it was possibly as good as it was, but it was still yeah. going. But I was banned from watching it because yeah. it was a, a, a show that parents didn't like their kids watching. What What are your... Uh, before we get on to our thoughts, because we'll, we'll get this out of the way, what's your, what's your first fact? It is one of the longest-running British programmes in 31 series. Not as long as Blue Peter, but a right, long time. We've both got that it ran for 31 series. Um, what is fact number two? That there was a Grange Hill video game for the Commodore 64 in, that was made in the 80s. That's one fact that's different. Uh, before you give your last fact, uh, 
I'll give one of my facts that in 2021, it was announced that the show was coming back as some of the original cast were going to be playing the parents or grandparents or teachers. Same on Waterloo Road. What is your final fact? It had a few different... It went, it, it went through three location changes where it filmed. So for the first seven years, it was filmed at Television Centre. For the next 17 years, it was then filmed at Elstree Studios. And then, bizarrely, it went up north to Liverpool for 2003 to 2008 when it ended. So um, give me briefly your thoughts. It was good. I mean, it was better than Tomorrow People by a long shot. I thought... I mean, it's very of its time, as it, any show, when it's made, will be. You know, the, the kids... Well, let's put it like this. It was... It was. It made me feel depressed afterwards, making me think about school. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't miss any of it. It realised how much I don't... Guys, people who say that school is the best year of your life, I'm 27, adulthood's the best, just saying. Um, I thought the kids were annoying, so I thought that they were good actors. Um, one of them was Tucker. Pat, he was um, Mark Fowler from EastEnders. Yeah, and he had his own spin-off series called Tucker. Tucker as well. well. Yeah, Tucker's. What was it called? It was just called Tucker. Tucker. And it was no, like, I thought, yeah. not getting up. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was a very. I mean, it was like I say, you can. T- um, it was interesting watching it because it almost felt like a documentary, really, yeah. because obviously, it was about school in that time and as the show progressed it would it would it reflect changing eras of school um i thought the quality of the film was better and i i think it probably seems a bit generic now but you've got to remember at the time it was groundbreaking and it went got even more groundbreaking as it went on yeah and um yeah and the creator of it went on to go make brookside did not know that. That's well, interesting. He, he made Brookside, so the rumours of a Brookside reunion might be happening as well. I, I quite liked uh, Brookside. It's one of those programmes that uh, really struck a chord. And the reason why it got cancelled was it, it didn't end on... The, it's just he ended it on his own terms because he felt like it had got boring and wasn't, it wasn't as edgy as it used to be. And it was now on CBC and 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 the, and the way it was all was not many people watched it. Took a return in the final episode, and and it, it sort of changed. So the film has got to be hard hitting for it to get back into the swing of things because it's like Waterloo Road was of its time and really progressive, and and all this Ackley Bridge has pooed all over it. I I've got my own thoughts on that. I don't like it because it's a copycat. But uh, the new series has got returning characters and has to re has to have the same fondness of the original and also keep continuity because the last time Waterloo Road was on it was in Scotland so it's the same grain shield school life now has changed so much it's hard to write about it because you don't know what's what what's actually what groundbreaking things happening because it's all the world of digital and the world of kids same words that make no sense to anyone other than them. Even even outside the classroom, and even I don't even I'm in college, so same thing. Even I don't understand fifty percent of what people are saying. No, ninety percent of what people are saying, and yeah. then they ask me questions, and I don't answer them because I have no clue what they're on about, and I rather just not know. Yeah, sensible. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think that Grange Hill ended when Waterloo Road was on. Because I think with Waterloo Road, because it was... I don't know if it was quite post-Watershed, but it was on in the evening. Yeah, it was on and about it was a, 2 p.m. Yeah, and it was a little bit more edgy. Probably more than... Because it was BBC One and C, and not in the CBC slot. It, yeah. it could go a bit further. And looking back, some of the stuff they did was, you know, pretty hard-hitting. So many teachers died. They had a teacher falling off a, a roof. They had a teacher just casually dying of old age, you had uh, teachers being shot. And then the cooler. Everyone yeah. went into the cooler for detention. Yeah, I was thinking about Waterloo's revival today, because when I heard they were bringing back, I'm like, why? But actually, I might give it a go when it comes on. Well, it, it, it makes no sense to me, because why would you move it from from Scotland? Because it was in Scotland, and it had been partnered up with... Oh, I mean, I mean, you could make a whole, 
whole thing about Waterloo Road. Um, I gave up on it after. I think what I think with with school shows about school life is because obviously it's ever changing, and there'll always be you know there might be teachers who stay throughout, but there's always new pupils. I think there's a there's a there's an I understand why, but there's always going to have to be kids who grow up during their school life watching these shows and reflect and enjoy and um, relating to them. Yeah. And I think for people who get older, you recognise that things get a bit repetitive. And I just remember one episode of a new series of Waterloo Road, and I just felt like it started the same as every other series. And I just thought I can't be bothered with this anymore. Yeah. And well, then it went downhill and it got cancelled not long later. So then, yeah. I mean, the ending was rather awful all it did was just pan around the school and had voiceovers of previous episodes it was an mm. awful ending. um but that's why grange hill w- was different in its it was a fir- one of a kind but i think nowadays like documentaries about schools were better so the um the one that struck a chord with me was our school because that came yes. out a year before i started year seven so i was in year six when the first series came out so it was I was about to go into it. Worked really well, yeah. and then, and then I hated um, the educating series because not because of the thing it's like educating Yorkshire, educating East. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I didn't like. It wasn't that the program wasn't good. It's because the Channel Four ripped off the BBC because it's technically just a more grown up version of our school. So I, I've got the rip off, and then they did so forth. So I think like Grange Hill was of its time, and if they try to it now, it's like. Uh, so many American films all have schooled and they're all the same. So it's, you have to find a new angle with it. I think they just have to make it like uh, what the school of life is like now. Yeah. But I think in some ways, I don't know, I, I just think it was a show that was quite, it went against what you can do on children's, the children's TV slot. Yeah. I think yeah. the reason Waterloo, I think if I had to bring one of them back, I don't, I'd rather shows did something original you know programs were original but i think if i had to bring one back it'd be Waterloo road just because it wasn't i think you could you can do a little bit more with yeah it's not even about being more shocking it's just being a bit more real which yeah. don't think you can be you can't be real in a children's tv slot like teenagers in a six o'clock cbc show and a nine o'clock show at the same age will be complete they won't be the same i, I mean teenagers in a program on cbc are probably American or Australian these days. Yeah, I've done it. I've I've, I've worked this out. We'll move on in a minute because we've uh, we've not got a lot of time because we want to stick within the hour slot. Now, um, I've done a statistic that Series C has now got what four like one or two originals. Really? One of their program they have on there is called We Bear Bear. Now. I could be, you could be four o'clock watching Wee Bear Bear, right, on CBC, and then you can flip to Cartoon Network at the same time and be watching a completely different episode of Wee Bear Bear. Wow. They've required Cartoon Network shows, but air them at the exact same time. That makes as, no sense at all. <laughs> because Cartoon Network reruns the stuff all the time, so it's bound to happen. And, and so the, it's like mostly American, the Australian stuff are quite good, even though... I'm not supposed to be, even though if I said to someone, I'm watching CBC, you wouldn't, you, you'll have no friends, I already don't, but you'll, you'll, you'll lose, you'll lose amount of, 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 of anyone that really, they'll think you're, you're not right in the head. Um, But uh, Australian shows on CBC are really quite good, no matter what they are, they're really good. Um, And it, it it's just, it's weird because when you look at it, you look at the schedule, you don't see much, British horrible history, but it's normally the new cast which are awful, and it's nothing really British. No, it's always cat, dog, girl, boy, mouth, mice, or whatever it's called, which is American, or it's a show that's on Netflix or in Amazon Prime. Wow, I did not know that. So, so the Shira and Netflix original has been split into parts on Series C, and I don't see, I don't know how, but the what's saving Series C now is. Uh, quote unquote broom cupboard, so it's like hacker still being around, still yeah. saves series C because it's a character that's been going for almost twelve years, and the sad demise of series C must mean that we might get, we might be watching 
the Grange Hill film might never air on CBC, might air on BBC One. Hopefully, they do a U-turn and bring CBC BBC Four ready for extra back. Now, my Sweet. next, my next one, which will uh, quickly whiz through because uh, I got too carried away. But if you've seen any of these, you can chip in. Is like let's sing the theme tune. <clears throat> do 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 do. It lifts his little finger, and a mouse is there. Put his hands together, and it's one busier. Right, so the clangers. No, uh, no, 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 the the new clangers has got Michael Palin in the voiceover. That's another kettle thing. It's called Finger Bob. Or, or in the nineteen eighties, they had a spin-off called Finger Rails. Finger Bob was this bloke called, and I've got his name, Rick Jones, right? About Rick Jones. He is a pup. He is an artist. He makes these little puppets, and they're on his finger. So it's a mouse, and then he has a whole scene when the mouse is interacting with this cardboard sheep in the episode I watch. And he, and he puts his hand together, and a swan, and he makes a swan, and he has a swan in his finger. And the swan, and he, he's a mime artist. He's a French okay. mime artist. Interesting. So this is, there is a voiceover, um, which I think is him, but there's it's all his hand, mainly his hand, and you're not supposed to walk in his body where he whilst he's sat in the chair doing that on a table. I mean, nowadays it would look really rubbish. I mean, you watch Art Attack on Disney Junior, and that's, that's awful. God, that that's takes me back. That's <laughs> patronizing. Now, the facts for Finger Bob is there was a spin off in the, in the 80s called Finger Mouse. On the 7th of October 2021, uh, Rick Jones sadly passed away at the age of 84. And only 13 episodes were ever made, but it got rerun until the 90s. Wow. Ask, on what program he watched, he would say Finger Mouse because Finger Mouse was about the mouse itself. Interesting. Have you ever, have you ever heard or seen Finger Bob? Nope, never heard of it. I've always seen it. Nope. Right, well, we'll swiftly move on. Now, you might have heard of this one, but you might have heard of it on so I'll, I'll do the theme I'll do the theme tune and then when we get to my facts I'll do other things right? uh, a, a door a square window do 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 play school oh yeah a window anyway so play school was a factual type program where they were a mixture of anything could happen. The episode I was watching, they were blowing paper in the air and having a competition so you could get the paper down on the ground first. Um, now, it's a very, very, very amazing programme, Play School. My facts is there's eight international versions. So Australia, New Zealand, Italy, Israel, Norway. Um, the... Oh. The Australian version is the second longest running children's programme, because it's been going for 57 years. And I'll sing the theme tune for that one. There's a bear in there. Come inside. Open wide. It's play school. And the New Zealand version is a copy of the British version, as in same theme tune, just to use. It's just more Australian. I mean, New Zealand. Uh, I've not seen any of the other versions because you can't access them online. But it is amazing. Some honourable mentions that, that I was going to say I is, um, I was going to say, Sooty is an Oh, I love Sooty, yeah. Agpos, uh, and and many others. Finger Bob is available on YouTube and DVD. Play School is uh, available on YouTube. I never got a DVD release because it's one of those that don't get DVD releases. Um, my final fact is Play School originally appeared on 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 weekdays at eleven AM on BBC Two, revived on holiday runs on BBC One in nineteen sixty four, and in nineteen sixty five later acquired a mid afternoon on BBC One. Uh, it had a selection of characters which were all amazing. So, um, have you ever seen Play School? No, I know of it. I think I've seen clips. Well, I think I've seen clips. Of it, um, but I've never properly watched it. Um, so uh, that next, let's sing the theme tune, right? <clears throat> and and we're nearly at the end. Let's let's not fret it here because we are missing out my sixth one on my list because it's Grange Hill because it's the same. Let, let's sing this theme tune. If you imagine if your house is haunted, 
just go rent a ghost. You got ah, the girls yes. that freak the falls. Had to rent a ghost. A mansion of the opera with a haunted melody. And what you get is a mystery and rent a ghost. See, I'm really sad. I need to get a life. Right. So, this is why we're a comedy podcast. Right. So, rent a ghost. Uh, is on Britbox and probably DVD, but I haven't found a DVD copy to this date. It originally starred Bob Mumford. Uh, I th- I can't remember whether that's the actor or the or the character. Have you ever seen Rent a Ghost? Seen clips of it. It's very loved. It's proper cool. I know Linda Plant was in it. Yeah. And um, Audrey from Corrie. Yes. Uh, it was about. It was originally because it had many changes in its life. It was originally about. Um, Fred something, I can't remember his last name, who was a new ghost who started a company where you could rent out ghosts or, or if they needed help to get rid of ghosts. So the Jester ghost, and there was a, uh, uh, a, this, I don't know, he was the aristocrat Victorian ghost. Now, his character was really amazing. I can't remember the person's name, because his mother in the show had died before after he was born she was about 24 and he was about 45 because she had died when he was born to and that's really interesting because you always think that well if you've never met your mum would your mum ever recognize you when you pass over into the spirit world whether or not you believe that or not it's your own choice but it, it, it's an interesting concept well what, what do you think on that concept without getting too in-depth really cool i mean it as to say it was to show that i think had a lot of imagination to it it's a great title um and people love it now it's loads of people i know who were like in their 50s and 40s who remember it very fondly and it's just got a cult following so i think anything like that is worthy of talk they tried to do a an american version but uh, but warner brothers didn't go ahead with it uh the australian version was going to be similar to the australian version of are you being served where they had uh bob Bob Bumford go over and it like always been asked have you ever seen the Australian Are You Being Served? I've seen a clip of it on the documentary I know John Inman was in it. Yeah well he plays the same character and he goes over because he's been asked by the Australian version of the firm and it's the same company but it's like he's been asked over there and so the so it worked real. it didn't work really well and, and it didn't go ahead and then in 2010 there was going to be a Russell Brand version where Russell Brand played the main character and that never came to fruition and, and crash and burn. Now, we've got our last two. Uh, I, as you can tell, I got carried away. Right, this one, if you if you want to cry, you can cry, but let's do it. Do, do, do. Underground, overground, wumbling free. The wimbles are wumbled and coming away. People don't, don't, yeah, anyway. So it was Wumbles with Gerdo yeah. Cribbins as the voiceover. Oh, it was about these creatures that decided that it was fun to mop, like pick up litter and not really. Like they picked up litter in Wimbledon. Now, <laughs> you're probably thinking, they're the pre-version of the eco-warriors. Woo! Well, they came back in about 20... 2019, but not as a program, just as characters that were CGI so that they can bring them back and, and be more eco friendly. Then they could promote eco friendliness and they could promote picking them with us. And they didn't have to do a TV show because they just did it just so that they can say, Uncle Bulgaria wants you to pick up that rapper you dropped. And they can use the characters more freely and have them knocking about. My facts for the Wombles are. The Wombos were the first children's characters to become a band then go on top of the pops. They appeared on top of the pops uh, with the song Super Womble. Super Womble, Super Womble, Super Womble, Womble, Super Womble, Womble. Um, and the Wombles TV show was based on the books of the same name. Have you have any recollection or do you have a memory of I Wombles. I know of it. I, I know that Bernard Cribbins was in it. Um, I've seen clips of it on like retrospective shows, you know, about ch- ch- children's TV and stuff. And yeah. um, the thing I always think of with the Wombles is a very off 
idea, but in the episode of Vicar of Dibley, when um, John French says about, mentions ABBA and the character of Alice says, I always found ABBA a bit experimental for me. Um, no middle of the road, I think she calls them. And she's asked, well, what, who did you like? She goes, oh, the Wombles, really. They were a great band. And she goes, remember your Wombles. That's all I think of when I say the Wombles. Uh, the Wombles is available on YouTube and on DVD. Um, I, I like to say, sad to the past of Bernard Cribbins. Which oh, was, now, the one programme that I wanted had on my list, but I couldn't find on YouTube anywhere, was Jack and Nori. Yes, Jack and Nori. I want to see Jack and Nori. Um, Gary Olsen from 2.4 John, the late Gary Olsen, did an, an episode of Jack and Nori in 1995, and I'd love to see it. Are you, If you ever find this, would you review this on your podcast, that episode of Jack and Nori? Yeah, go on. There's a Gary tribute, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, um, the I'd, you're probably too old for it, but there was a programme on when I was younger called Jack and Nori Jr., yeah, I remember they brought it back, and I remember there was a big deal about it coming back. It was basically bedtime stories. Now that bedtime story was invented, Jack and Nori didn't need to exist. Yeah. But it's bedtime stories, but not a bedtime, and Sheridan Smith did an episode. I know Tom Hardy did one recently, and they watched it. Yeah, John he Goblin did a bedtime story. He's on a Jack and Nori Jr. Oh, bedtime stories like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jack and Nori Jr. was a different crowd to bedtime stories these days. Uh, Dave revived the format of Jack and Nori and did Crackanori. Crackanori, what a great show that was. That was I loved it. That was like adults being inappropriate in the Jack and Nori format. It was wonderful. I loved it so much. Yes. And uh, Audible also released a special edition of Crackanori for free uh, for Audible subscribers. Now that was a uh, that's available on YouTube now. My final one, which which is number nine. We miss out number eight because we've not got a lot of time. I oh, know we have got time. Pardon me. Pardon me. I want to keep this an hour, so I'm trying to estimate where an hour begins and where an hour ends. But we have got time for my eighth program. This is Take Heart. This came out before Art Attack. This is the BBC, available on YouTube. It starred Tony Hart. Tony Hart was an artist, and he was the one that used to fight against Morph. He used to attack Morph frantically. <laughs> and Morph used to get away with it, obviously. Plasticine. Uh, have you ever heard of Take Heart? Uh, no, I've not heard of that one. Morph? Sorry. Morph? Do you know Morph? No, sorry. <laughs> terrible. Yes, very much terrible. Um, <laughs> The show launched the character of Morph. The big art at the end. So there was big art at the end. That's what inspired Architect to do it, because Take Heart did it first. And the show won a BAFTA in 1984. That's good. My final one, we'll do the theme tune for this, and then I'll do a theme tune for something else in a minute. Right, uh, right let, let, let's, let's not uh, upset anyone. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Do, 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 rainbow of the woods of fountain fire. Rainbow's flying high. Up the woods and see a sky of the sky, paint the whole world with a rainbow. <laughs> now, my first fact is that Tom, right, I wrote this in third person, has interviewed almost all the main cast of Rainbow. Yes. Amazing. Now, Jeffrey sadly passed away. Uh, I haven't got a chance to interview Rod or Jane because sadly Freddie's passed away, but I interviewed Ronnie LeDoux that did Zippy. And Malcolm Ward that did Bungle and George. Amazing. Well done, man. That's really cool. Really cool. um, What I can say is I've never felt so weird in my life saying to Malcolm Ward, as Bungle, as George, can you ask George if, if, what what do you want for lunch? And I said, for instance, a cheese and onion sandwich. So he went along with it. So he he stood there with the head of, of Bungle, the head of George, and then just spoke with both characters by the good minute. That sounds yeah. really cool. That's that's amazing. Yeah. They love basically love what they did. They they did, and uh, there are also me fans on Facebook. Yes. Um. Now another fact was in reruns were all the time, and Nick Junior in the UK bought rights to Rainbow when I was younger. Aired it all the time. 
tell you going to it. And it was amazing. And then they did a reboot. So one of my other facts is the in nineteen eighty four, no, in nineteen ninety four, the show was brought back by HTV, so a Welsh company, uh, and had a different format to the sh- original show. The character changing the costume of Bungle and adding different characters each episode was renamed Rainbow, New Friends, and other stories. So they moved from the house. Jeffrey was scrapped. They moved to a toy shop, and it didn't work. Bungle's costume was different. Ronnie LeDoux was the only Rainbow cast member to go from day one to the final ever episode. Then the that failed, so they cancelled that, and the ratings dropped, and then they did a new version, and I'm going to sing the theme tune to that one, because this is a catchy theme tune called Rainbow Days, Rainbow Days, I wonder what will happen on Rainbow Days, and it was a new presenter, Bungo's costume got even worse, uh, even more scary than his first ever costume, and it uh, lacked, so it got cancelled. Interesting. And the wow. original was better. What is your fondest memories of my good dear Rainbow? Never watched it, but I know of it. It's similar to Wombles, I think. Sorry. I know it just from clips. No. Seen a full episode. So what we've learned today, <laughs> we've learned today that British people uh, are not well educated in the TV world. So if this pilot gets picked up, I am here. To educate you if this gets picked up because we've got three others and three others no two others because four yeah i don't know maths don't ask me about maths i don't know uh let's see let's see what happens whether or not it gets picked up i will be campaigning teaching people about children's tv or just tv in general because we're going to find out now what is your uh because we've learned you don't know enough about the 70s from what you've seen, what's your opinion of the 70s in the children's entertainment world? I think it just was a bit more edgy, I suppose. Um, it was a good range of stuff, cartoons, live action. Um, didn't speak down to children like they do now, or certainly when I was younger, I felt like they did. And I think TV in general, although... I think acting and, and writing and directing especially has probably got, well, maybe more directing and acting slightly improved in terms of TV performance in t- over time. I think the innovation isn't really as there now. So, yeah, there we go. That is throwback. Now, what's next in what we're hearing in the Shadow Bonus series, uh, Pilots Next, is more pilots too that are solo pilots. So no guests, no co-hosts, just me. Now, I can announce what they are because I'm going to be doing them this weekend. One, there's a programme, there's a podcast called The One, The, The, One Show Show. Have you ever heard of it? Where they review The One Show and take it too seriously in this comedy podcast <laughs> about how ridiculous funny. The One Show is. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing one called, I'm, the next pilot will be Country File. I'll be reviewing Country File because it's pretty much stupid. Because you can watch Kerry Prince, Arne McLean or Tim Vine herding sheep on a Sunday rather than watching an antiques programme. And the final of the selection of pilots is, here's one I made earlier, where I'm reviewing old and new episodes of Blue Peter. Nice. Sounds good. There we go. Now, recently, now before we end, we'll end on a high note. Recently, your podcast, two point, Don't Slam 2.4 Children, came to an end. Like, end, end is as, as in it stopped. What's, what's your plan going forward? Because now you've got this platform, you could technically keep the podcast going under a new name and or what? What's well, your plan? The main episode of these have done because I've recorded every episode of 2.4 Children now. So that makes that's done. Um, but I'm not planning to finish the podcast itself. I'm hoping to do more episodes of maybe like get quiz, do quizzes with fans, maybe do a review of Andrew Marshall, who wrote the show. He did a series called Strange. It was a horror show from the 2000s. I might do an episode on that. I'm trying to get more cast on um, an interview from 2.4 Children and from Andrew Marshall, other sitcoms. The main thing I'm doing now is I'm working on a 2.4 Children book. 
And um, so with the podcast, it's been more about the critical review of the series. This book is more to do with the behind the scenes. And so I'm currently getting in touch with cast and crew to organise interviews to, yeah. to get the stories. There we are. We come to an end, a very sad end. Next, if this gets commissioned, I will hopefully bring more to it. So basically it will be a format so that we have to have a limit of the show. So we all have the same amount of limit because obviously it's a pilot. I went, do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, so if it does happen, we'll all have to watch the same amount of programming. Uh, and yeah, there you go. Thank you very oh, much. It has uh, been interesting. Let's see how it works out in the edit. Uh, I'm intrigued to know whether or not this works or not. Um, if you were to uh, rate this podcast out of this will never work to this is got a potential of working, that's like a one, feel like a, a six. What would you rate it on this uh, mystery scale? It has potential, definitely. Always like a good you love and it's nostalgia is very big, popular thing. Yeah, there we go. That is an ending and uh and uh yeah i'll be back next time see as you can tell i'm running out of ways of ending these videos and remember no i've forgotten